This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, a podcast for myself, Ross and Joe took everything, Milton Keynes Dons. First of all, gents, how are we doing, Ross? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Bit of a stride in my step today at work. How are you yeah. doing? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Had a bit of a problem with uh, a boiler today, so we've got a new one fitted, so it's nice to have heating and hot water back in the house. Uh, but yeah, Still yes. go in the Connolly household. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, a certainly win yesterday certainly gave me a bit of uh, warmth and uh, happiness, so that was good. Um, Joe, how about yourself? How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. It's been, it's been a pretty good week overall, I think. Uh, I'm a little bit gutted. Um, we, uh, we got Eastley in the in the cup, and I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, for years and years and years, we're always banging on about wanting non-league ties away. And the one year we get one, well, I mean, I know we had Hyde a few years ago, and I went to that, and I thought it was brilliant. But yeah, it's uh, annoying to be able to miss be, to be missing out on that one. It is definitely. Well, that's twenty twenty for you, isn't it, Jones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we had um, an interesting tweet from uh, Jackie Oakley, didn't we, Joe? I know you wanted to elaborate on. Oh yeah, yeah. Just um, I think it was after the game. She was uh, just saying how how good it was to watch a team actually trying to play football and. And, and and this is almost it's just typical of some of the stuff that we've seen over the last few weeks. And I think it's so easy for us as actual fans to be kind of caught up in the moment and just to be so focused on the results. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's going to be a process. And I know, I know it's that's such a, a buzzword, and it's you know Russ is using it all the time, and it's a bit it is getting repetitive, but it is true. And I think if people from the outside are starting to realise it. That the, the results will come eventually, so I just think we just need to remember that sometimes and not get so caught up in one game or you know one lot of ninety minutes. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, can you fancy a read of that? Um, some interesting comments from our some of our friends and some people who maybe don't like us as a club. So it's a nice little laugh as well as a serious tweet at the same time. 
just before we get into uh, talking last night's game against Wigan, um, some important news regarding seat ticket holders specifically. Uh, I know us three are all seat ticket holders, so it's important for us, and I'm sure uh, many of you listening are also seat ticket holders. Um, so from now on, there's going to be no promo codes to redeem your home matches. Um, you know, typically we got an email saying your promo code is this, and you go onto the website and redeem it. Um, according to the club, the process has changed now. So apparently you just simply just log into your iFollow account and it's important that you've registered for a basic iFollow pass um, and it's the same email that you have with the club uh, that's associated with your season ticket. Um, this is so you can watch the games and uh, essentially it's to remove the process, the, apparently the, the long-winded process of copying and pasting a code into uh, like a, a, a basket, I suppose, which I don't really understand, but I can kind of see where they're coming from. So that's just in case uh, you didn't know that. I know um, I mentioned it before we started recording and uh, Joe wasn't aware of it. So that's why we did it. And that's why I mentioned it, just in case you didn't know. And now you do. So, yeah, on to last night. Uh, 1-2-0 at home to Wigan. Uh, second home win of the season in the league anyway. And um, it's a pretty dominant performance. I couldn't ask so much more. Um, Brad, or at Diamond Formation, did some, did some brilliant work regarding pass maps. And he showed that we... Uh, from all of our open play passes in the game, 82.86.2, sorry if those were successful. And we actually ret- we, re- we retreated it, but you can see from the direction of most of the passes how they were quite forward thinking and not all sideways. So it shows that we had a real grasp for the game. And as we kind of mentioned in the last pod, it kind of shows how when we do have this sort of style of football that Joe sort of briefly mentioned about at the start of the pod. Um, you know, once in the full flow, we play really well and we can literally dominate teams and have them backed up in their own box. Uh, Ross, why don't you give your thoughts on yesterday's game and how you thought it went overall? Yeah, no, I was um, very pleased with the performance. Um, we looked very fluent going forward and then we had a bit of um, a rhythm going forward. I felt that first half was one of our best first halves of the season, creating four shots on target in that half. And I felt that Wigan were very much camped in their own uh, half. Um, it wasn't only just the first f- uh, 45 minutes. I'd say about 70 minutes they were camped in their own half. Um, but when they did test our back line, we more than um, did a job on them. And um, I just wanted to have a little special mention for Sorinola, who played that left-back role. Um, such a mature and composed performance from such a young um guy who's came from our academy which is pleasing and just uh just to mention he's only 19 years years old and uh i just wanted uh just to give him a little mention there because he deserves it and yeah it was a it was a clean sheet three points and a great start to the week yeah i can echo those thoughts especially on saranola you know i think uh, steve walker mentioned in his his presser how pretty much what you said ross you know he's got such a mature head on such a young shoulders and uh, you know, even players like Walker who's just come back into the fold has like seen how much he's grown as a player in just in just that short amount of time. And as you said, there's so much more room for development. And it's just more kudos to the guys that work at the academy. And he seems to be the next guy that's going to come through. And uh, you know, hopefully play for Milton Keystone for a long time. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on the performance at Wigan against Wigan yesterday? I think it was. Um... At half time, I think a lot of us were thinking, "Oh, here we go again," because 
but because it, 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 the first half actually finished nil nil, and um, I believe it was ten shots to zero at that point. And I have to say, other than I think the Oxford game, that is we the, that is the most dangerous we have looked. And in, I'm not just talking in terms of shot numbers, but at times we absolutely carved Wigan apart. They were almost just just pedestrian, and we were just passing around them at times. We were working in such good areas, and there was a real purposeful to our passing which I think was lacking against Blackpool and I do agree sometimes we it looks like we have almost kept possession for possession's sake but what what you could what was really apparent on um, on on uh, Tuesday night was how I think aggressive we were of our passing how it was always looking to go forward and it it, it really showed and it really helped uh create a lot of very good chances and I think Fraser will be absolutely gutted he hasn't got a hat-trick last night let alone um, just you know let alone just the one goal because I thought he was absolutely phenomenal and he, he got himself into some really good areas and just two other people I'd like to just mention um, Warren O'Hora I thought he I thought he was a little bit nervy first part of the game but towards the end he was he was intercepting balls he was clearing balls he was playing with confidence dribbling past players and I think that's I think that's exactly what a young player needs coming into a new side. He just needed that one chance. And by the sounds of it, um, George was dropped rather than being rested by judging by what Russell Martin said. So um, you know, let's hope he can carry on putting in this uh, in this form for us. And uh, another person I'd just like to mention is uh, Andrew Fisher. Um, although he didn't have any actual saves to make, there was quite a few bo- balls into the box. And he, he came for them. I think there was one little mix-up, but he, he was aggressive. He came for the balls. And even when people were being played in uh, from long balls, he had the foresight to um, to intercept and be aggressive. And really, I think it's so reassuring for the defenders when you know you've got a keeper behind behind them that's ready to, to come and, and make those decisions in a split second. Yeah, I say I agree with definitely with um, you know, Fisher's very much commanding his area, and we saw glimpses of that against uh, Blackpool, and you know it was even more evident in the game last night. And quickly back on O'Hora as well. Um, yeah, I think it's really good that you know in a game like that where essentially the Wigan were just letting us play our game pretty much and hoping that we wouldn't be as ruthless. And we saw at the start of the second half, even the XG numbers, how like it went from like a ladder in the first half. Or like a or like a steps, I suppose, to like a literally straight like upward trend. Um, so that is, indicates how they set up the second half. And Russ Martin probably said to them, "Okay, this is all this is good and all, but let's kick it up a notch. Let's uh, create these chances and get some goals." And that, you know, maybe kick at the backside was what they needed. And hopefully they can go out on Saturday and you know do that in the first half rather than take four or five minutes to potentially do that. Um, but yeah, I think Warren's, you know, it's good to see competition decided. I think Warren's going to give George a good challenge for that spot. And I think uh, George really needs to be worried about his spot on the team, quite frankly, because he deserves to be dropped uh, in that game against Blackpool. We mentioned it ourselves. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and Warren's showed why he deserves to play. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that carries on later on. I think as well, it's, it's just, um, I think one thing to note as well is, um, and Russell mentioned it, it was six changes to that team. Six changes to a team that we thought was a fairly strong team against Blackpool. And all the players that came in have, have really impressed. So it certainly gives Russ a headache going into the weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a good and a bad thing, I suppose, isn't it, Joe? But um, Definitely. 
yeah, fingers crossed um, they get it right on Saturday. Um, yeah, so first point we want to talk about with Wigan, besides our general thoughts on it, um, was the kind of change of system. It was a little change in the system. Uh, it was still the 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, however you want to label it. But um, as Joe mentioned to us, to me and Ross in our group chat, um, you know, Fraser a bit more advanced in that 10 role. And then, you know, Houghton, who we may have thought in the pivot, there was actually no pivot at all. So we actually still more of a flat midfield two. And then obviously Fraser more advanced in the 10 role, giving that support to um, Jerome and Walker. So I just want to gather your guys' thoughts on how you thought that went. And, um, and you know, is could, we, could that be something we stick with? Uh, Ross, why don't you give us your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was quite surprised to see that Russ uh, changed to these slight tweak of a system. Um, I, f- I think it worked to a T. Um, Wigan, obviously, obviously their game plan in the first 10 minutes was to, just to sit deep, but it ended up being for about 75 minutes, as I said earlier, sitting deep. And I dislike the t- tactic, but um, it's John Sheridan. His record at Stadium MK isn't too great. So can I blame him, really? But um, going back to the system, I think once we got that first goal, um, the floodgates opened and we we more than um, deserved the goals. And we could have got four or five if we put our chances away, as Joe said earlier, with Fraser's chances. But I think with that penalty, um, straight after half-time, Wigan probably weren't at 100% straight away. Uh, their concentration was off and Sorinola punished them and got in behind. And um, Gavin Massey, who looked very disinterested um, from the get-go, um, conceded the penalty. And um, I think it took the pressure of, off us a bit. But I, I really I wanted to discuss about uh, Scott Fraser in just general. I felt him playing him in that number 10 role um, allows Sorison to come out and play. And in a sense, um, Houghton being in that flat, let's say two, um, allows him to pass that ball quicker. Um, and he looked a bit more mobile, uh, similar to what Kasumi normally does. So maybe that system suits him a bit more. But on a whole, I was very pleased with the system and change. Yeah, I feel, you know, maybe just moving, I suppose moving from the pivot to the more advanced 10, just, as you said, gave him a bit more freedom for a start. As it wasn't so maybe crammed in that sort of, middle of the pitch but you know we finally took some risks going forward and we you know we said ourselves last week um last episode sorry about playing Sorensen and how you know, we wanted to see them be a bit more advanced at field and actually take some risks and you know all you can say is it paid off and you know I'm I'm going to talk about Walker briefly and adding a player like Walker in the up front with Jerome with his ability on the ball and he's a bit more I want to say mobile than Jerome Morris in terms of his style of play so he adds that sort of attention to him that you could draw away from Fraser uh, who you know as we're going to see throughout the season going to be pinpointed for his uh, skill and quality on the ball so yeah I, I enjoyed it and I feel it was a move we had to make and it was just waiting to happen ultimately uh, Joe do you have anything to add on the change of system we saw against Wigan? Yeah I think there's, there's a couple of things which really worked well um, with this change of system uh, one of the things I really liked was um, the fact that instead of just having Houghton or Kasuma at the base of midfield, we had Houghton and Sorensen sort of together. And with that, we, we I think um, Russ was saying at the start of the season how like Kasuma and Houghton, whoever's playing that pivot, and you saw it, I think, playing his day in the second half against Oxford, 
is they're just getting absolutely pressured the hell out of. You're getting, you know, people know that when we're playing out, there's going to be like one player at the base and they're the metronome. They're spreading it wide. They're playing it back. And it's just been so easy to just, them if they cut off that one player, then we struggle to build up. But when you've got two options deep that both have a decent range of passing, it just means that the, the it makes it so much harder for the opposition to press. And I think that showed. And then just brief, just with um, the change to actually playing the number 10, I feel that it gave us a bit more of a focal point and it was almost as if Morris and Jerome, uh, sorry, not Morris, uh, Walker and Jerome could then make, um, I noticed they were played a bit wider this game. And at times, uh, Fraser was almost as a false nine and you had uh, Walker and Jerome who were starting out wide coming inside and because the defenders were being occupied by Fraser and then it then created space for the strikers to then cause some damage. And so I think there's a couple of different elements to that change and it really benefited us and we didn't necessarily struggle defensively because of those changes. Yeah, and I feel like it provides a perfect balance, right? We spoke about last episode how we had to find that balance of like you know robust defence, but also creative attack. Um, mm. And you know, Martin, our good friend of the pod, uh, tweeted out about that and how the introduction of Jerome and Keogh in the same lineup um, was the reason for that and could be the solution to that. And you know, we've seen two games uh, that in play, and it's been four goals and two wins with zero goals conceded. So. Maybe it's as simple as just playing Jerome and Keo. I don't think it's that simple, but um, <laughs> there's a bit more to it. Mate. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but um, you know, it works, and I'm hoping that they continue with this kind of style. As you know, I think it'll work against majority of teams in this league. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, actually the strike force. And yes, it's getting we briefly touched on it. Uh, Steve Walker and Cameron Jerome. Um, has a very much feels of a hashtag trust process, isn't it, gents? Uh, you know, a lot of people were complaining about these two um, and they signed, uh, not as I like to say, and they seem to be proving people wrong. Um, and, you know, it's I think it's kudos to the recruitment team and what they've been doing. And it proves how, you know, no matter what you've seen on transfer market or whatever site you like to use for your stats, um, you know, you should always wait to see it in action. And we said, I said to many people, give Jerome a good few games, see what he's like, and lo and behold, he's uh, been one of the better players of the season. Uh, Joe, I know you're pretty vocal on your uh, last night about these two. I want your thoughts <laughs> on Walker and Jerome. I, I, I do feel I, I, I'm, I'm almost a little bit smug about it because I, <laughs> I, I, I did think that they would both bring something completely different that we just haven't had from previous strikers. And I think, just uh, firstly, I'll start off with Walker. I feel He's, upon first reaction, of course, because of what happened two years ago, a lot of us were a bit apprehensive. But just just sitting back and actually having a look at it, he's got championship experience. He really impressed in the few games that he was in League Two. He's, he's two years older. He was, he was basically a child the first time he was there. And he, he just, he had, he, he's the, the only forward player that we've got that it almost, it seems, that has the ability to face up a man beat him with pace and 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 it showed because he was not scared to get the ball face up and try and have a go and but in, and also add, add into that he's he's fast he's more than happy to run in behind whereas you have someone like maybe Morris or Mason who prefer to fit, to receive the ball to feet 
lay it off and then get back into the box for a chance. And I just feel it adds another dimension. And with, with the Cameron Drone, it's just, it, I thought last night, even though he, he, I don't think he had many chances last night, but I thought his performance was absolutely outstanding. I think twice Sorinola got played in and, and fell over twice. One of them was given as a penalty. And I think both times it was Jerome and he just held the ball up, held the ball up, flicked it around the corner and, and Sorinola was in and it was as easy as that. And I think um, Jerome had five key passes. Now I believe a key pass is a pass that ends up in a, in a shot or a, or a really good cross. And that those sorts of numbers for a, for a striker, you know, some people, you know, may, may mind if he missed a couple of chances, but I feel that playing in the system that we play, being the strikers being able to also be creative and, and, and allow other players to thrive in the team it is so, it's so important. And he's just got that know-how. It's just like, like, for instance, just stopping teams from taking a quick free kick. He's just got that experience that's so invaluable to have. And it's it's just great to have that, uh, as you said, a strong spine running through the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, but going back to the key pass number, I'd be amazed if Scott Fraser had far key passes, let alone Cameron Jerome. No, um, no, he didn't. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can only agree with what you said, Joe. Um, Ross, did you have anything to elaborate on uh, my and Joe's comments? I think you guys really nailed it on the head. Um, I think this time around, Stephen Walker is doing his talking on the pitch. And um, I've got a, a mate of mine who's a Borough supporter. And um, Walker in pre-season um, apparently was um, a, a big highlight um, in their pre-season, against, especially against Newcastle in the pre-season friendly. And he was saying how um, they do, he's developed a lot more um, since his crew uh, campaign. And... Um, as I say, I think I think we shouldn't judge a player on their records, and we should uh, judge them how they fit in the system, etc. And um, one on Cameron Jerome, I think his work rate for uh, someone who, I don't know how old he actually is. I th- I want to say thirty four, but I might be wrong. Um, I think his work work rate in yesterday's performance was second to none. Yeah, I, I honestly feel there's a real chance that Morris doesn't get his way back into the team at the moment. I find it really hard to drop Jerome and Warcraft that performance unless they're not ready to play for another 90 minutes. I don't know what uh, if you guys have any thoughts on that, but um, yeah, it's, it's a tough choice for me. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I, I think it, it's one of them where it's, with, with a lot of the players from last night, it's, well, how do you drop them after they've performed like that? It's, exactly. You know, players that may have been rested, they might have been played, you know, they might have been played themselves out of, out of the team. It's just, it's, and it's, but it's good to see, like Russ said, he said, he mentioned he, that he spoke to Lee and Lee said, all right, no worries. I'm going to get my head down and I'm going to show you why I deserve to be number one. And same with George Williams. He, he said, he sat George Williams down, said to him that Warren was going to be playing. And George is like, okay, right. I know I haven't been as good as I can be in the last few games. And I'm going to push on, and that's exactly what you want. You don't want any big time Charlies that think they they think that they that they um, they just deserve something, and it's a it's a right that you know. Oh, I, I should be playing. I'm on X amount. I'm this and that. It's 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 refreshing to see that people are fighting for their places, and there's people waiting to take them if need be. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. 
A player who's certainly not going anywhere and hasn't gone anywhere for a long time is Dean Lewington, Mr. Injured Appearances now. So congratulations to Dean on that firstly. And um, I felt he had a pretty special performance. He was 800, that's for sure. Um, he was my man of the match personally in the game. Um, I thought he was absolutely dominant, quite frankly. Um, I thought his passing um, and tackling were sublime. You know, he had um, 98 passes on the game and his success rate of 88%, which is ridiculous considering the amount of long balls he was playing. Um, and then out of seven ground jewels he had, he won six. So he's basically a brick wall the whole game in the defence and didn't let anything past him. Um, I don't remember him putting a foot wrong the whole game, to be honest. And um, it's a vintage performance, really, from Lewington. And, um, you know, it's good preparation for the game on Saturday, I'd say. Uh, guys, how did you feel about uh, Lewington's performance last night? Uh, Ross, why don't you kick us off? I think Lewington um, is a player, I like to use a quote, he ages like fine wine. Um, he's been with us through thick and thin, through relegations, promotions, and he's just get, he's the first person on the team sheet every single game in my eyes. And um, as you say, he doesn't often put things wrong and he'll hold his hands up when he needs to. But um, yeah, Lewington will uh, forever be remembered by as MK um, fan base. And I just I just think it just sums up him as a person. Um, in his po um, pre-match um, interview when they were speaking about him achieving the 800 caps uh, in the sense of um, he only wanted the three points. So it just sums him up as a person, really. Yeah, and I'm glad they got the three points for him and he was a vital part in doing that. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on the performance last night? Was it as good as we all thought it was? Oh, I just think he's just so consistent. Every every week, you just know you're going to get a minimum seven out of ten out of him, and it's it's been like that for a couple of years. Last season, he he was my player of the season. I I thought again he was just so consistent, and I think the role he plays now, you know, he, he's he, he is a little bit more protected, and you know, people say, oh, you know, about his lack of pace and that. But to be honest, I don't remember him actually ever having any pace in the first place, and I, I feel. I feel that, like you, you mentioned about his ground duels, he's he's so accurate with his, you know, he just goes he just goes in for a player, and nine times out of ten he will get that ball. And with his passing, I'd, I I've heard, um, I think it was um, Luke Chadwick was doing a, a podcast about, and he, he mentioned about, and he got asked about Lewington, and he's saying, I don't think people realise how good his left foot actually is, and I think in this position that he's playing now, we're actually seeing how we're really getting a glimpse of how good it is. I mean, out of his passes last night, I think it was around 90, you said, I'd hazard a guess that at least 50 of them were going forwards. He he, he takes risky passes, but he makes them look easy. And he, he progresses the ball up the pitch so well and plays it into such dangerous areas. It's He's intelligent. I genuinely think he can go for, on for another two or three years. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's such an asset to have. Yeah, in this role, I'd say definitely a couple of years, like more. I don't think he's going. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon if he continues on like he is. As as Robert Ross's quote said it perfectly, I think. Um, and I'm pretty sure he still leads the league, leads the league um, in passes or passes completed, which um, maybe both, which is a ridiculous stat to be honest for a defender to complete. So, mm. yeah, well done to him. And uh, also, quick congratulations to John Freeman. Obviously, first league appearance, albeit short, against Wigan. So, congratulations to him and hopefully a, another, well, another successful graduate from the academy. 
Uh, Ross, I believe you wanted to elaborate on the academy and how it's such a great job they're doing. Yeah, just just a little mention. Um, I think bringing through Healy and all the Gilby and all these, I think you sometimes forget um, where the homegrown talent comes through. I know we've seen Jay Bird um, featuring the cuts and then we've had a Laurie Walker and then we've had Willow. We've had all these type of players and I feel like Russ Martin's um, going through that process of trusting the youth and um, it's coming out bittersweet for him, really, um, with Sorinola coming through, developing so well. And then um, we've got others like Kasumu, who's um, arguably in our starting eleven. So, I've, yeah, I just wanted to, um, just, just to say that they're doing uh, things well and um, I think we should re- be really proud of what the academy is producing. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we've got history of it now and it'll be even better once this training ground's all sorted because we can actually attract even better youngsters to the club and even better players. Um, do you have anything to elaborate on uh, our academy? Yeah, just quickly, just it, it is good to see. I mean, I think it, it seems it see, almost seems as though it's been a few years since we've actually had academy players just actually in the starting lineup. I think a few years ago you had the likes of Thomas Sante and Asingani, and they're just on the fringes, and they wouldn't all they wouldn't really be trusted. And it, I think it's so good to see Russ putting his faith in the players. But more than that, they're they're taking their chances, and I think with with uh, especially Kasumo and Soranola. I think they've got such good physical ass- assets. They're both strong, they're both pacey, and they're both so mature for their age. I think they that they could very potentially be moving on in the next couple of years or playing at a much higher level because I, I just feel like they've got the, the tools that that a lot of players that you, you just can't teach. You can't teach pace, you can't teach matureness. And I feel like those two especially have, have uh, both in abundance. And I think... Um, it's great to see that that there's a lot more people just being involved in the match days, like John Freeman and um, and also Jay Bird. And I think as well, we saw how well, uh, well, I was certainly impressed with how John Freeman spoke after, I think it was, might may have been the Northampton game when he got two assists. And, yeah, um, it was. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. And I think it's just so good to see that, you know, not only are they decent players, but decent players, but they seem to be decent people. And I, I, it'd be great to see a couple go out on loan. I think especially Jay Bird with with, with uh, having signed Walker now. I think, you know, up front we're pretty well set. So it would be good to see some of them maybe get some some time in men's football. And I think it could really, really help them and help us in the future. Yeah, I'd say I'd like to see Jay Bird at Oxford City personally. Obviously, we've seen what I've done with players like Nombe before. Um, so it seems to have a nice link with them. So hopefully we see something in that action uh, between those two. So... We've talked enough about Wigan. Let's move on to the game on Saturday. And of course, we're playing our friends from South London. Um, Jay, why don't you take us away and let us know everything we don't know about our friends from South London? Yeah, so we're playing uh, AFC Wimbledon from SW17 on um, Saturday. It's uh, it's certainly a game that I think has almost crept up on us. There's not. It's... Uh, it's, uh, I think with the games coming thick and fast, it, it has almost crept up on us, and it's a game I'm certainly looking forward to. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm just hoping we just don't lose. Um, so far, AFC Wimbledon, they've they've had a pretty, they've had a pretty decent start to the season. They're currently sitting eleventh, eleventh. They've scored eleven, conceded eleven, um, three wins, three draws, and three losses. So pretty much just average across the board. Um, 
two of their wins have uh, three of their, all, their wins have come against uh, Blackpool, Swindon, and Fleetwood. So two of the wins have come against uh, teams around around the bottom of the table, and Fleetwood's quite quite an impressive win. They uh, they they play in a, a three five two formation, which I find is quite interesting because we haven't come up against a team that have played three or, or five at the back yet this season. And the only time I can recall is uh, Portsmouth in the second half. But that, I think that was much more of a back five. And so it, would, it will be interesting to see us come up, up against a team that's almost, you know, we're almost matched uh, man for man. And uh, let's see how we go. But although the, the formations uh, may be the same, I, th- I think the style of play certainly is, is a lot different. They, they love a long ball. I think they're right uh, down the bottom for... Uh, pass completion and possession, um, but they they've got they've got some some quality on the wings and and they're they're whipping balls into um, Longman and Joe Piggott. And a couple of players I just wanted to single out was um, they've got keeper on loan from uh, Birmingham City, and they've done this for the last few seasons. They've had uh, I believe it's Nathan Trot and Aaron Ramsdale. And they really do seem to get some quality keepers in on loan. So I think that if we are going to be getting chances, that we do need to be taking them because I feel like the keepers are going to be more than capable. Um, another person I'd just like to highlight was um, Seddon. And he's also on loan from Birmingham. He was um, at Portsmouth last season and he, he really did impress. And he's uh, so he'll be up against Regan Paul on, and uh, he's left back or left wing back. So he'll be up against Regan Paul. So it'll be, that'll be a really interesting battle to see who uh, who comes up, 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 who comes out on top on that one. And then the final player I wanted to mention was uh, Joe Piggott. He's, uh, he, he can win, he can win the ball in the air, but he's also good with his feet. He's got three goals and four assists, which is a really, really good return. And um, I think one, one key thing with AC Wimbledon is they like to get it in the box. They've got, um, 69% of their shots have actually come in the box, which is quite a high percentage. So they're going to be looking to get that ball straight in the box, put it into dangerous areas. So I feel like with us, we need to make sure that aerially we're not bullied and that we we, we, we stay consistent and we just can't allow, allow them to do cross after cross. I think we really need to almost, rather than just try and deal with crosses all the time, we need to try and stop the crosses at the, at the source. And I feel like... We, we should be okay if that's the case. Brilliant. That's great. You, um, analysis as usual, Joe. Um, Ross, I know you mentioned some players you wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, do you want to go through those? Yeah, Joe mentioned, um, obviously, Steve Seddon, the 22 years old left back. Um, I noticed his performance against Blackpool was a standout. He's a very robust and um, isn't afraid to um, travel the ball either. To be interesting to see how he matches up with Harvey down that side. But um, uh, Paul, sorry. Um, and next person, sorry about um, Harvey, but um, was Shane McLuhan. And he um, he's right of the midfield. And he was another standout against Blackpool. And um, I think his um, matchup with Harvey will be the um, uh, matchup of the match, basically. So I think if we have success, it will be down that uh, left-hand side. Um but I, I, um, I feel that AFC Wimbledon um, keep keeping possession of the ball is one of their weaknesses. Um, and also I notice protecting a lead. And um, I feel like if we get in front, uh, it'll be 
well, well, it will open the flood, floodgates for more goals. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of see the points to you, Ross, in the fact that I don't think we can let them score first. I think that's arguably the worst case scenario. Um, I'll be more than happy to sit back on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we've seen from previous uh, games this season how they've you know scored a goal and just sat back and got a clean sheet. They're quite a robust defence. So yeah, as Joe mentioned, we could really take our chances this game, and it's also be like a game of cat and mouse. You know, with us, you know, probably having north of sixty percent possession once again, like we have midweek, and kind of you know just trying to find the holes and. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Martin sticks with the same system that he had against Wigan. Otherwise, I feel like we're going to struggle to find those holes and it will kind of be a step backwards in the way from, you know, a really nice progress he made midweek. You mentioned some of the guys that you guys liked. I'm going to mention um, a guy that Joe briefly touched on in, a longman. Um, for me, he's the real danger man in this team, whether he's off the bench or starting alongside Piggott. Um, he's got Three goals from nine games so far this season, um, and only seven of them have actually been the starts. So he's been using the impact sub as well. Um, he's actually a, a winger converted striker in this three-five-two system. Um, another player from the academy of Brighton, which seems to be very popular from EFL clubs at the moment, including us. Um, and you know, he's he reminds me a lot of Aaron Connolly actually from the same academy in terms of how he likes to move all over the pitch. You can see his heat maps. Um, they're a bit all over the place and not one set position like perhaps a picket would be. Um, so he's very much the workhorse of the front two. And I feel like he caused this defence problems and try and, you know, work midfielders, especially if the two sitting are going to be Houghton and Sorensen again. I feel like he's going to try and pester them a little bit and try and feed off chances and not uh, try and cause try and, try and a counter-attacks ultimately. Um, and a bit like Connolly, so I was very comfortable on the ball from what I've seen. And um, obviously, with his three goals in nine games, he must have a knack for finishing and that sort of striker ability. So, yeah, I feel like he could be quite a bit of a danger man um, on Saturday. And it's important we don't underestimate um, a 19-year-old kid on loan from Brighton. As we've done that before in the past and it's hurt us quite bad. So, did you guys have any other comments you want to make uh, on Saturday's game? Um, yeah, just, just quickly, I'd like to mention that we, we, we haven't come up against a team that's placed three at the back, but we've come up against a few long ball teams this season. And in, in Wigan, Gillingham and Northampton, and we've done all right against them because I think with, with those sorts of games, they're, they're so happy to just sit back. But as we get into those positions, it feels like we're able to manipulate the ball quite well. And I, I feel that those when teams have pressed us high, like in the Oxford game and in the Blackpool game and in the Crew game, we've been neutralised a bit and we've struggled to get into our rhythm. But when teams actually let us play around our back, play around around the centre circle and just get a little bit of momentum and get some moves going, I feel that's when we've really had our best games. And so it, it, it will be interesting to see whether that, that's the case again. And I certainly hope it is. Yeah, this game, I mentioned, put in my notes actually, that this game screams a bit of a deja vu situation from the Gillingham game. I feel like um, it seems to be very identical and I'm hoping that the result will be that way as well. Um, but yeah, I say I'm obviously looking forward to it. It's always a good game against these lot and um, hopefully we can get the three points like we usually do at home. Don't lose. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, more, more importantly, don't lose. Okay, so let's go into our starting 11, gents. Um, we're doing it a bit differently this week. So I've got the guys and myself to basically write down their starting 11s instead of just uh, 
you know, deliberating over it on the call. Um, so I'll start off with mine. Um, so typical 3-5-2, minutes has anything different really. Um, so Fisher in goal, and then O'Hora, Keogh and Lewington as the back three. Uh, Paul, Houghton, Sorensen, Fraser and Harvey as the midfield five. And then Jerome and Walker, uh, the two up top. So pretty similar to the midweek team. Um, just Harvey come back in, essentially. Uh, Ross, why don't you take us through your starting eleven? Yeah, I can't argue with um, Russ sticking with what he's got. But um, I've all, I'm going for the same back line as you, Liam. But... Um, and the same wing-backs. But I felt like uh, Kasumu, uh, coming back from obviously suspension, feel like he can offer us a bit more uh, mobile and uh, creativity um, when needed. And I, f- I feel like um, if if uh, AFC are going to try and uh, break us out on the counter-attack, I feel like Kasumu's got the pace to stop that. Um, so I'm going with Kasumu, Scott Fraser and Torres in the middle. And I've gone with Morris up top. Only for the physical presence. I know um, AFC are quite a physical team at the back, so I feel like Morris will do more of a job than what Walker would. But it'll be interesting to see where, uh, whether Walker starts, obviously down to his performance against Wigan last night. Um, but, yeah, I think I feel like Morris should start this game. Yeah, I mean, we will debate in a second. Uh, Joe, why don't you give us your starting eleven that you've written down? Um, so I've gone for the exact same back five. Um, so so Paul O'Hora, Keo Louis, and Harvey. I've also matched up uh, Ross for midfield. I've gone for Lassa Sorensen and Kasumu, and and then I've gone for Fraser as the number twelve. Well, I hope it's the number ten. Anyway, again, I just feel like Kasumu, especially with him being a local lad, I feel it. It just gives us a little bit of that edge in midfield, a little bit of that aggression. Hopefully not too aggressive, um, but but it, it just gives us, I think, a little bit of spice in midfield. And also, if, if this game does turn into, say, you know, a bit of a back and forth game, I do feel like Sumi is someone that can certainly get up and down the pitch and that can only help us. And um, up front, I've gone for Morris and Jerome. But the thing is, I I, I, I think, I feel if, if we do try and... It, it, with Morris being a physical presence, I'd feel that I just don't want to get caught in the trap of us seeing Morris and then playing balls into his chest, making him pin a defender. Because I feel at the end of the day, any big defender, I think, will fancy, you know, if we're going to be playing long balls to Morris, which which I'm sure we won't be, but I feel like any team, they'll, they'll feel like they can comfortably deal with it, even though Morris, I do feel, is a threat. And um, like like you said, with Walker, I feel like he does offer that that different dimension and that bit of pace and, run, and running in behind that perhaps defenders just aren't as used to. Yeah, it's hard to argue with the Kasim call. And um, you actually kind of swayed me a little bit to go with Kasim over Houghton, actually. Um, it's just, I suppose, with Kasim, we saw him in that role before. He hasn't really excelled. Um, but Yeah, true, yeah, true, true. Good fair point, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I find it hard to drop Walker. But maybe he's better off as a sub in this game. Uh, just like an impact sub, a bit like maybe Longman, Longman would be for um, ASC Wimbledon. Um, but I don't know. It's t- we don't I know it's- how fit he will be as well. Yeah, true, true. Um, what, did he play 60, 65 minutes the midweek? Something like that? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, I'm just... Go on, carry on. Go on. Um, I'll just quickly, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if, no matter, uh, regardless of how well O'Hora played on Tuesday, I do feel that, you know, there is the potential for this to be a physical game. And I think 
with Morris, you know, you've got someone that can help defend corners, free kicks, etc. But I feel like Williams may, because of how good he is in the air, I feel like he may be picked over O'Hara. But it's, it's, it's that's more just because of the occasion rather than because of uh, performances. Yeah, and plus Williams has experience in this game, right? Exactly. And, um, exactly. I feel like if he did start O'Hara, Piggott may target O'Hara in the air. Uh, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with those comments. Okay, so I guess the consensus lineup is uh, Ross's exact lineup then, and I believe yours, Joe. So Fisher, O'Hara, O'Hara, sorry, uh, Keo, Louis, uh, Paul, Harvey, Kasimu, Sorensen, Fraser, Jerome, Morris. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll put that up for the game, um, and we'll see how close we are again. We're getting pretty close to these predicted lineups, just not getting it bang on. Um, but with all the rotation, it's kind of hard to, I guess. So, like Ross is listening to us. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. Who knows? <laughs> Okay, so let's get into predictions, gents. Um, obviously, a game we all want to win. Do we actually think we are going to win it, though? Uh, Joe, tell us your prediction. I believe it's going to be a nervy game, like like it always is. I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going 1 0 to the Dons. Okay, nice. Uh, Ross? I think this is a fixture where you can't let it get to your heads. You've just got to do the you're talking on the pitch. And um, I feel like if we stick to our own game, we play our own way, we can more than beat this AFC side. They are, are the um, sublime re- result against Fleetwood. They haven't beat anyone. No disrespect, um, significant calibre. I feel like we, we, we've got that extra gear um, if needed. I'm going for a 2 0 MK win. Okay, nice. For me, I feel it's going to be a very nervous game, but like Joe mentioned, and these both of us don't score goals in this fixture. Um, not typically, anyway. I think the, the last couple of games here have been like 1 0, 0 0, 2 1. Um, they're not high scoring games, they're quite an edge. Um, and I find, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know, my gut's telling me it's going to be a 0 0. I don't want to say that. I don't want to be negative. I want to say we're going to win because obviously I want to beat these lot. Um, mm. But I just feel if we're going to play the team that we've picked, I don't feel it's going to have enough to beat them. Um, what? Go on, carry on. Go on. No, sorry, I was just going to say one thing just quickly. I just just thought of this AFC Wimbledon team. It is very young. And I, and I think if you just look look through the spine of our team, the likes of Keo Louis, um, you've got Fraser, who's a real character, and Morris and Jerome, who are... Both, both there. They, they don't seem like the sort of players that will shirk at a challenge. And Harvey and Kasumi, they they seem like they're going to be more than fired up. And I just hope neither of them get a red card because it's totally plausible. But I think it's. I think it's just. I think I feel like we may have the edge in terms of in terms of the the calmness, the experience, and I think that that also is where the edge could be, where perhaps that hasn't been the case in previous years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to say nil nil. Um, it, I'm disappointing myself in saying that, but I've got to go with what I feel. Eh? Oh but I'm hoping that we win. I really am because I want to beat these stuff so badly. Well, that's the end of episode nine of the MP1 podcast. Um, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. Um, as I mentioned, previous episodes, the reviews go a long way in terms of not only helping us uh, figure out what's uh, good and bad about the podcast, but also in terms of getting it out to new people. Um, and of course sharing it when we tweet it out um, yeah so that's it for the episode and come on you dons
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.